0: Where are you leading from? In a society that prioritizes success first, we tend to fall into traps of leading ourselves and others from a place of fear, doubt, and unworthiness. Let's find a new way. I am seeking to inspire and guide leaders, parents, and athletes to unlock the secrets to a fulfilling life that resonates from the heart. Let's embark on this voyage together, where heart-driven leadership becomes the compass For a life well lived. This is Heart First. I am your host, Ryan Sawyer. Before we get started, I want to let you know about a resource I created for you. It's called Prep Like a Pro. It's going to take you through a mental, an emotional, and nutritional, physical preparation plan to prepare for big moments. So whether you're an athlete or someone who's preparing for a big speech, interview, or anything in your life that really matters to you, go click on this resource I hope it helps.
1: Welcome back to the Integrated Mindset Podcast. Have you ever wondered how your body language, tone of voice, or facial expressions affect how you communicate and are perceived by others? Well, then you'll want to listen in to our conversation here with neuroscience specialist, author, and educator Stephanie Fay, as she shares her work researching and teaching about the biomechanics of communication. She explains how factors like facial expressions, tone of voice, and body language influence how messages are received and interpreted. Listen in and gain insights into your own communication styles and sensitivities in order to communicate better with those you care about and in turn, strengthen your relationships. Without further ado, I bring you our conversation with Stephanie Fay.
0: Well, welcome, Stephanie, to the podcast. It's so good to see you and have you back on. You have been one busy bee. So we've already done the introduction, already introduced you, so everybody knows what to expect from this. And we're just excited about really diving deeper and understanding more about what motivates you and how you have found this You know, specific mission in life where you're just you're on you're on you're on one because I've been I've been watching from afar and you know staying in contact with you and for about the last I don't know it's been probably eighteen months you've kind of had your head buried in the sand working on a few things so before we get to what those things are people will have to wait for that just a little bit we're gonna dangle the teaser alert teaser alert yeah. We would love to hear a little bit more about you. We've been doing these these impact makers podcasts where we bring people on that are very, very clear about why they're here, right? And what lights them up and the hole that they see. So that's where I want to start, Stephanie. And, And to give people, if you don't know already, if you haven't heard Stephanie on a previous podcast, like Stephanie Faye is somebody who we came across, has it been three years? Mm, two two yeah. years? Has it a been like two yeah, and a half years. I think it's about two and a half yeah, years heard. ago yeah. that we yeah. kind of just randomly reached out to, and uh, we ended up getting engaged with. And Stephanie was somebody who I worked with. It was it was a, almost like every other week for almost a year, or something like uh-huh. that. We talked a yeah. lot to go through yeah. our program, integrated mindset, like line by line. At some point, you were doing that. I'm not sure if you're still doing that type of work. We'll talk about it later, but. It's it was incredible the knowledge and the relatability and the impact that made on us being able to deliver our content with with a with a level of confidence that previously we didn't have so like first of all thank you for that yeah thank you yeah and uh, (laughs) so yeah so back to my question I want to hear from you so what is when you think about. We all know this, right? We all have, we learned this from you. So I'm asking a question that we got from you. But we all can see a specific hole in the world, right? That only we can see. And that's what we call a specialty role or function, right? We call this like, some people would call it a purpose. But there's a hole that only you can see in the universe, in the world, and only you can fill it, right? And this is true for every single human being. So like when you think of that question, what is the hole that you uniquely see that's yours to fill? What, What is that hole?
2: Yeah, I love it. I love this whole topic. I think it's so juicy and nice for people to play with what it could be for them. Because I think that's, in a sense, and this is leading to my answer, I think that's what most people are missing. They're missing that feeling of what am I navigating towards? What is it? What am I here to do? Which obviously is like the big (laughs) existential question from all of history is why are we here? Um, And so I would say that in in that sense, a lot of what I'm doing is there's there's two two key parts that I think make me unique in, in the space of neuroscience, but more specifically personal growth. Um, that kind of that field, which is that one, um, I do think that when people hear insights as to how things work together on a real like mechanical almost aspect, like what based on the laws of physics <laughs> um, is happening, that it helps them get really deep into themselves as to being able to see more the origin of why this is connected with this why this reaction is happening this way um, why you, their behaviors are leading them to that and why they're choosing those behaviors in the in the first place so the the teaching aspect is is absolutely number one for me of really explaining not going right into a strategy not going right into what specifically like the technique or tactic there are other people where that's their forte that's their thing for me it's how do i lead people to even want to do any of these things how do i help people even figure out that there is a different way to breathe to think to move your body Mm -hmm. to talk right so that there is even another possibility to do that, that we can have mastery over that. Um, what I'm doing with with my teaching, I think, is that that's my niche, is that I'm really able to explain from this almost molecular, cellular level what what is going on inside, how did it happen that way, what's created, the how it's happening now, and then how does that translate into future trajectories. So the teaching aspect is a really big part. Of of my niche, I would say. But then the other piece that's very parallel to what you were just talking about is um, I, I think that what I have seen missing for most people and even most kind of education, most training, personal growth is this absence of why people are doing it in the first place. Like, why are we even trying to learn? Why are we trying to get better? Why any of it? What's the, what's the point? Yeah, what's exactly. The point? Yeah, yeah. And then, when they figure out that there is something they are here to do, mm-hmm. that that is the the catalyst. That's like, oh, there's something I'm here to do. Okay, I will try to sleep better. I will try to eat better now. I yeah. will try to learn this in a new way because there's something for me to do here. And yeah. my my journey, I mean, I remember the first part of this journey that a lot of people have heard from kind of my origin story is that I was, you know, leading these young people who were on tricky kind of trajectories at that point. We went to other countries and we had service learning, like, you know, community service projects. And it was, there was a shift and it was a dual approach. There was the one aspect of it was they were finally figuring out that they had something to offer somebody else. It may not have been their very, very specific niche just yet, but that they had something. And these communities were looking for them, looking to them to offer something. So right there was a switch. It was not who's going to give stuff to me all the time. It's what's here inside that I actually am here to do and I'm needed. And that shift was really powerful for them. And then the other aspect, the other stream of that was understanding that, but having someone, having a guide, having a person there who was able to reframe what was going on inside for them, who was able to give them another little piece of, well, maybe your thoughts about that are actually related to this. Maybe this thing that you think is so broken in you actually serves a purpose, like this reframe of verbal, which required a, a verbal component to it, a teaching component. So it's that dual thing that I think that's, carry through my work until today
0: yeah well i have about 18 different things that i want to like (laughs) but you said there there's there's so much and this happens every time that we that we talk so before we go to finding out how you're filling this hole a couple things i want to try to like highlight within what you just said was what is done for me to to have these exact conversations that you're speaking up like the work that we did together i feel like and you tell me if i'm wrong i felt like was you being in your zone of gen- genius filling that hole like explaining mm-hmm. to somebody who wanted to understand the human experience better to make it a little less personal
1: right? yeah, so there's, yeah. A,
0: there's an aspect like oh well so i'm human and these things I'm experiencing are just because I'm human. I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. Like this I love is that. what the human experience is. And there's this thing called desire. I want to be working towards something. I want to know why I'm here. I, I did. I had a feeling that this is where our conversation was going to go. So I pulled up a study. Forty-eight percent, one out of two Americans. So it just was a U.S. study. Lack meaning in life and or don't know why they're here or asking that question like that is 50 percent, mm. right that that is up front for most people and yeah. and i think that the the differentiation that you have that i have found and that that heidi and i are really starting to lean into like we're based you know doing the work from different angles right you're doing it from a very systematic neuroscience cellular level systems you know angle mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. is This is not just to improve the quality of one's life. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes people get the idea of personal development as, oh, well, then I will just, you know, either have a little less suffering in my life or I'll improve quality in my life or I'll make a little bit more money or I'll get the job that I want. And that's great. But in all reality, that doesn't actually motivate people as much as as saying, you're going to be able to have the knowledge behind the practice. Mm -hmm. And then the actual practice of how to implement and integrate that knowledge into your life. That's going to lead you to an experience of being able to uncover and understand why you've experienced what you've experienced and how to use that experience for good. Mm -hmm. Be able to go out and actually make an impact to feel irreplaceable, to know why you're here. Mm -hmm. Like, holy cow. When you put a, in that simplistic form of saying i'm going to teach you why you feel the way you feel so it's not yep. personal then yep. how to actually like reframe that to feel different yeah then you can receive the message that's yeah. going to lead you towards a sense of purpose and contribution in the yeah. world yeah
2: it's it's incredible to think about it this way like i mean i think um So a couple of things that come up as you say that one is I really love thinking about us as systems and we're we're these interacting systems and we're all nodes, we're all cells of a giant organism, right? That is constantly emerging and perpetually uh, reconfiguring in a sense. So we're all these, these cells and we each serve a, a function within this organism. And so the more, um, specialized and valuable we are the also the the safer we feel like we've talked about that where when you know that there is something you are here to do and and really you have a, a special because of the very very unique path that you have been on until now which is there is no history that is exactly like yours because of that, and, and this is where the neuroscience comes in, because we are so unbelievably experience dependent, meaning that we don't have all the algorithms in place from birth as to what we will do. And this is very different than other species. And I like to give the example. There's, Max Tegmark has a book, uh, Life 2.0. And uh, Eliezer Yudkowsky, who talks about intelligence. They both talk about this in terms of the special part of human intelligence, which is that, for example, like when uh, an ant is born, it will it has algorithms in it to to function as this ant and to they build anthills and they don't build beehives and they don't build other shapes. They don't do that because they don't don't
0: question it and they don't even question it. They can't. It's it's part
2: of the DNA. Right. Right. And so there's there's motor sequence action coordinates that are all programmed in there. Humans and and there are other species that like they all there's all experience dependent is a part of everything. But with humans, because of the very specific aspects of our brain that need to wait and see what we are exposed to in our environment, what, what's going to happen like in our interactions. It's a wait and see type of approach that specializes us for our little niche. And that's what's so specific about humans as well is that we can, differently than any other species, we can inhabit any corner of any kind of ecosystem because we have this ability to create whatever we need to to adapt to that. That's why we could live on Mars eventually. We could do that. We can live in Antarctica, and we can live in South Florida. I don't know, I'm
1: just picking yeah, something. Any climate or or yeah, environment. I mean, in yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Like so, we we have that ability, and obviously, to to a certain degree, right? There's certain conditions that eventually can obliterate us, um, but because of that, because we're we have this. Such a customized kind of intelligence that is so based on our experiences. It means that every node of every one of us, that's the cell in the system, we each have a very unique configuration of brain circuitry, of programs, like sequences of actions that are based on our experiences that have never been replicated and will never be replicated ever again and then that combined with what how our brains like have this power this generalized intelligence that can adapt and that comes online as we go more and more that's where each person can find this incredibly unique niche that can be very useful for someone else who has a very different history, different skill set. Um, how, Like that's how we provide service to each each member, like each node of the system. And when we find that, when we find how these sensitivities, and that's a big part I like to talk about is sometimes uh, it's too abstract to say like what's okay, what's unique about me. There's sensitivities you have that are unique. So what are you sensitive to? What do you notice that other people don't notice? That's a really big part of this unique thing, right? Where I notice that, for example, when people have a really good explanation for the mechanical, how it comes together, I notice that, that there's something that changes in their behavior. I notice uh, facial expressions, uh, you know, like there's sensitivities that I have that come from my background and my genetics as well. So there is this interplay of that. We each have these sensitivities that make us good no- noticers of certain things that other people don't notice. And that can be something we can hone in on as well. If we notice things, um, that can be one of our superpowers. Um, mm. oh, I, I notice that this is missing or wrong or that this helps and there's a pattern change here that can be an entry point to what it is that's very specialized about us. It's those, the sensitivities of our receptors, those are all different for everybody. And the way we process it and then interpret it and make make meaning of what we're receiving with all these receptors is what makes us very, very unique. So, yeah, so that's an entry point. Um, I went totally on a
1: tangent there, but that was was really (laughs) interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about how people can see color differently. Yeah. It's like the, the properties of the color are the same if there's specific code to the color of what generates that image, but the way that we receive it is different. And so, um, you know, like Ryan's always a big fan of these, like using colors on our home, you know? Like we just painted the outside of our house. Is it gray? Is it green? Is it, you know, like he (laughs) loves those colors where it's confusing to people like what color it is. Um, But it makes me think of that. It's like our own unique perception and the way that we notice things actually changes what we're seeing and um, being able to, you know, kind of celebrate that. And I I love that what you're doing and just teaching people, how to understand what's going on so that they can consciously make choices. I think about my kids and I tell them to do something. They're like, why? Right. So exactly. we need to know why as humans, we need to understand why, why is this important and why should I potentially, you know, make changes or do things differently? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and that thread of thought is important. Like, um, so I think the other part that, is unique about what I'm teaching is so when we're talking about noticing, that's still kind of abstract. And so I like to actually break it down to I'm talking about the muscles of your eyeballs, like those muscles are pointing your eyeballs in specific directions. And the way mine point as I look at a face are different as another person and how they're pointing. Why are they pointing at a different feature? Why is mine looking here instead of here? Because of my past, because of what was very salient, which means meaningful, emotionally meaningful for me as I grew up. Mm -hmm. So this this right here might have more meaning for me and more important based on my caregivers and what messages I was getting, right? Or the the very tuning of my ears and the vibrations that I'm picking up. My ears are, are tuning differently. They're picking up, they're filtering differently than another person's based on middle ear muscles and all that mechanical reaction. So I like to have that. That's the other piece that I think I, I do where a lot of people talk about neuroscience, which is still very abstract. And I always, I like to say it like this, you don't know that your anterior cingulate is firing in a specific way right now.
0: There's no possibility. And, th- and thank <laughs> God you don't. Right? Now, <laughs> that means too much information, yeah. It
2: would. Yeah. And so, like, you don't know that. So I can't tell you, okay, you know what? You should actually have a different system firing in a slightly different way. Can you do that right now? Can you do your left, like, prefrontal orbital cortex? You can't. <laughs> but I can say, um, let your forehead be a little more smooth. Let your eyebrows be a little more relaxed. Uh, Look, you know, try to look up a little bit sometimes instead of down all the time, because that changes how our brains are firing. You do know how to do that. You can control that and you have evidence for it. And now you can make really concrete links between, oh, I do notice that when I'm like, when I'm lost in thought, my eyes are definitely kind of down into the right and I'm ruminating. So why don't I try just okay? Let me just lift them up sometimes, just to get like a little different brain activity going. As one example,
0: it opens up into a different sense of curiosity, right? And yeah, gaze towards the horizon. Like these things work, especially if you understand why and how it relates to you individually.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so I have one more. I have one more uh, kind of little thought path I want to go down before we (laughs) talk about how you're filling that hole specifically in the last and in the future going forward. So um i love this idea that we're noticers right this, mm. this goes back to the idea of like what do you notice what hole do you see based upon you know your past and then so where is your beam of awareness more probable to go right i think i think at one point we called that attention probability there's an mm. aspect with that right And i'm not sure if that plays into it or not but here, here's what i here's my question to you and this i think this is related back to people in general If we are in a state of, let's say, irritability, frustration, overwhelm, um, even anxious or depressed. Is there a level of us because we notice things, everybody's noticing or we're taking in information, whether we're aware of that or not, you are right. And then you're not doing something about it. Like there's information coming in. You're noticing there's a problem. I could solve that look at that whole I know I could feel that I know what's wrong with the world or the yeah. community or whatever it is and then they're not taking action upon it which actually creates frustration and irritability yeah. and hopelessness and right and then yeah. and then we have this sense of, of 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 anxiousness and depression that comes from that and if I, if I look back on my life it's completely clear That I was not progressing towards why I'm here. Was I was saying why am I here? What am I here to do? I like that question. I'm going to use that. So I was not. I was doing what what it was. What was approved of? What was getting acknowledged? What was natural because of my upbringing? I was I was a football player, football coach, and I was really good at it, right? But it wasn't what I was here to do. Mm, yeah right and so yeah. it created depression anxiety frustration irritability hopelessness it created all those things now as i begin to progress towards why and have more clarity and seeing the hole and going to fill it and mm-hmm. acting upon what i was noticing in
1: the mm-hmm. world that needed
0: change or needed to be filled or whatever then all of those things have gone away and been replaced with a sense of clarity and Energy and action and fulfillment. Yeah. Right. Naturally, yeah. because we're aware of this piece of being human. Right. And yeah. if we don't do that, is, and I, I'm kind of rambling here, but it's as a, as a question. All there is a question somewhere <laughs> for you. So. Yeah. I get so excited when I talk 17. to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, my question to you is Is that a possible factor in the mental and emotional well being of? Our country or our world is that people legitimately just aren't acting upon what they're noticing.
2: Yeah, there's so there's a lot of depth um, to to what you're saying, and and
0: I'd I'd love to
2: touch on a little bit. So one is um, yes, not acting on what they're noticing. So then then the question is what's what's the block there? Hmm. So there's two two things that come up. One is more of a almost cognitive uh let's say a a more surface level and then one is more of a a deeper level so what what blocks that why why do we not take action on what we notice um the first is that come the the two layers one is when we have confirmation that mechanically doing something different leads to a new result internally and externally Mm -hmm that starts to feed a new system, right? It pokes holes in the theories of there's no point, why bother? Or whatever that's that story is. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a, a sense of, like, there's an innovative kind of energy that occurs. So if I notice that, taking a deep breath. So I'll give you a quick example. Like, I work, I, I do cognitive kind of training with a lot of kids. And we do these different exercises where they have to, you know, Use their attention in very specific ways. Um, and then they start to get very overexcited and they start to make mistakes. So, right there, it's like, all right, <laughs> sit, center again. Cause I noticed that their body is now not centered anymore. They're kind of off their chair. Take your breath. Let's feel it in your belly. Let me see it. Let me see everything slow down. All right, now go, right. And as they, there right there they now have some sort of confirmation that oh when i mechanically do something different i get a new result if i Mm -hmm. go a little slower if i center my eyes here for example so that's one layer there and that I, i do find that working with younger people those are the 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 quick things that can really, they, they want to learn, they want to master, they're excited for it. You don't really have to excite them too much. Like they like to master things. Right. So you don't have to do as much convincing about deeper layers of their psyche <laughs> for that part. <laughs> um, but as we get, you know, and, and I work with a lot of teenagers and then I'm working with adults in this. Yeah. They can do these trainings um, and they can like, Okay, we'll take the deep breath, but you can already start to see a shift in a teenager of why the F F am I doing this? Because a lot of times they are sitting there working on their attention because mom or dad made them, told them to do this, first of all. That's why they're in school. The teacher, you know, is telling them to do this thing. So they're already starting to get to this place where they're like, but why am I doing this? Like, why? I don't care. I don't care about sleeping better. I don't care that I feel, feel good or not. And so that is now going into a little bit of this deeper root that we won't be able to cover too much in the show, but we're going into these layers of, and this is, this is the other block. Like I was saying, there's kind of these two blocks. Why do we not act on what we notice? That part is the more neuropsychoanalytic aspect of us, which is that there can be, uh, because of family system dynamics, we can have this sense of, but I don't want to do this for them, and they messed me up, so I don't, like, I'm not going to try harder at this, because mom's the one that's piling all this crap on me anyway, so why would I get better at it? Hmm. Like, there's a resistance that starts to form of not wanting to actually change because we are somewhat in a, in a story in a narrative of, but you know, like I'm misunderstood, but you know, I'm not getting enough love or people don't really get me anyway. So what's the point? So mm. there's like that, there's a meaning. And that's the unique thing about the humans as well is the meaning we make about this. So if I notice that there is more anger here, there could be like, let's say in this scenario, and then there's a part of me that wants to figure out how to make that better. There, you know, there's also the meaning that could get tr- kind of trap trapped me in a sense of, well, I'm not going to be able to figure that out. Like I can't help anybody because uh, I was messed up as a kid. Yeah, and,
0: yep. and you I, know, I, yeah. I am so, who I am or whatever the narrative is that's yeah. attached to that. Right. And then wait, there's probably a layer of even we become, quote unquote, kind of really identified and even chemically like addicted to those states and those stories that build our concept, right? So yes, there's like a signature. The the reality is that the work that we're talking about and finding acting, taking small actions, mechanical actions towards, actually I wrote down this on my whiteboard when I was working out this morning. I do a lot of creative work on the, while I train, I get all kinds of ideas, you know, And one was like, no matter how small you have to make the action towards a new experience or towards filling that hole, like make that action as small as you have to make it to take it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was good. Make it as small as you have to make it to take that action towards it, right? Because there's going to be something that shifts Mm -hmm. in that action. If you can make it repetitive and you can make it daily, no matter how small that may be. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to source a sense of psychological safety that's attached towards that action and towards that progress. And then in all reality, what we don't know about being human not being talked about, in my personal opinion, is that the more we can create a sense of safety within our own system. Right. That the actual, the, the more action that we're going to be opened up to be able to take, the more possible yeah. ways it can turn out yeah. and the more potential that we actually are going to be able to explore within ourselves and within the world and impacting these things. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of times it's, there's a narrative out there like you just got to get hard and you got to push through and you got, you know, right. And so it's, it's somewhere in the middle. It's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I really like that you brought that up. I, I think, um, it's like a, a carrot that we can dangle for people as to. So, when you do these little micro mastery mechanical, how many M's can I get in there? <laughs> um, <laughs> when you can do that, when you can, for example, notice that if you're slouched down on the couch watching television and your head is down, um, you know, adjusting, sitting up a little bit and just grabbing a journal. You don't even have to write anything yet, but just at least do one of those movements and then, you know, repeat and see and experiment. As we do that, regardless of all the other crap that I just said, like the Freudian stuff about being mad at your parents and all the blame and all that kind of stuff, right? Regardless of that, as you do that, the, the carrot that we can dangle here is that when you're doing that, you start to um, master your internal state And you start to master things like where your eyes are going, what they're paying attention to. As you do that, what you're doing is you are leaving the path that most people are on, which is where they have no idea where their mind goes. They have no idea that they're even lost in their mind. They have no idea that they just ruminated for 20 minutes and it brought them absolutely no resolution, no new idea because it was just repetitive thinking. There's no new data coming in. And that's the thing: is that when you don't move in a new way, you don't give your system new data. There's no new input, so it can't fire in a new way. So if you do the same action of, I'm just going to keep using this, but you sit on the couch and your your head's down, you're watching the TV, but you're barely watching because your mind is like lost in thought, which many of us do. There is no new real input coming in because you're just circulating. So as you do just one new movement, something new, stand up and do a few squats, grab a journal. Um, maybe even look around the room to notice that you're watching a television instead of being kind of mesmerized by the program. <laughs> right,
0: right? Yeah, right?
2: So little things like that, all of a sudden you have given your brain new inputs and that gives it a chance to fire it in a new way. Yeah. Um, so even like without going into the, all the depth of the other stuff, just doing tiny little new movements um, can lead you closer to noticing more, being more um, present kind of with your experience, which then allows you to get closer to what your niche and that, that, that sense of purpose is, because now you're using your, these receptors, all these receptors to actually notice what you are sensitive to, and to try and, you know, navigate in that way, rather than what the majority of the population is doing, which is where we're we're here, but I'm inside here., yeah. and I'm just repeating. So yeah, so th- that's why I'm glad you brought up. like just take some of those micro movements, but it isn't a- as simple as just push through all the time because right. people do re- need to have this feeling of like, why am I doing that? And so that's the carrot I just wanted to dangle there is that if you can have a little more mastery and a little more intention over some of those things, you start to regulate that internal state which allows you to be less in a state of defensiveness and vigilance. It opens your attention and that can be what opens some new doors and some paths for you to recognize, Oh, okay. I'm actually good at that. Or I do notice that more than other people like that. Those, those specialties that we have.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes we get stuck right in the personal development world. You think about thought work and, and, and there's a place for thought work. There's a place for therapy. There's a place for all of that. Yeah. but in all reality I think people think they have to figure out why am I this way
2: yeah
0: right? and rather than let's which is the work that we do and I've learned from you is like mm-hmm. let's put 80% or even more 95 percent of our attention on just making these little micro adjustments and gazing towards the horizon our brain will begin to wire and fire in different ways right yeah you, yep and so some of that stuff of why we were the way we were yesterday you can legitimately put it up on a shelf. Yeah. It's just like, it's up there. I know, but it begins to get quieter. And quieter. Yeah.
2: Not as relevant as we think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. let's, 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 uh, anything that you wanted to add?
1: No, I was just thinking about something that I noticed within myself, um, as far as like that mechanical piece of things, when I started doing this type of work that we're talking about versus, you know, just doing thought work or, or being in the story of what was going on in my life and ruminating and running that cycle, um, When I would do videos uh, like on social media to promote, you know, coaching or whatever it is that I was doing, I used to have this really rapid blinking that would happen. (laughs) It was like this dissonance that was happening inside. And it was this physical manifestation of like the, the limiting belief running in the backdrop was causing this blinking. And so I've noticed like more recently that has stopped yeah, and I haven't had to consciously try to control it. It's just, it's all so interconnected. Mm. So that's my personal example of like, yeah. yeah. I
2: love you that. You know, know, yeah, that's so powerful because that that is more aligned well, and it's always dual and it's complex. It's both and, it's that inside out approach. You didn't, because if you had only worked on, I, I, and it could have worked a little bit if you'd only worked on slowing down your blinking. <laughs> You know, may, maybe it would have changed something in a new way, which is possible, but there, there was something more organic about how that happened, which is that it's like you you started to trust more that it was okay what you're doing. You really do have something to offer and that regulated like your system so that the the blinking slows down. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my example of that is in my voice. Um when I feel really good about what I'm talking about, there is a, a feeling, a very visceral feeling I have in my voice that I'm very conscious of. That's like, yeah, I'm I'm on. This is this is it. This is it. This is the alignment. Yeah. And then there's there's time, and it's fewer and fewer now. But I do remember there were times where I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't even really buy what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was a different kind of voice, I think. So. Yeah. So those are those internal, internal but also mechanical yeah. shifts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a great example of the types of shifts that people can experience if they're willing to to look into this and do this yeah. type of work, you know, that you're offering yeah. and, and some of the things that that we're doing as well. It's yeah. like, okay, that's integration when something happens without your conscious effort. Yeah. And you're like going, huh, I, I just yeah. actually chose a completely different response in that situation than every other time I have my entire life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Without even really consciously yeah. having to stop and reframe everything yeah. It's happened
0: that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's
2: life changing. Re- yeah.
0: Reiterate that, like, again, we can do this through just knowledge of how we are as a system and then practices that allows for our system to explore new possibilities, <laughs> we don't have to necessarily rewrite the narrative and dig into the parts of us that don't feel like we're enough. And, you know, I'm just saying like there's value there. We've done that work. And there's a time and a place for that work. But I'm saying what we teach is that 95% of the time we can just be looking to explore and create new Mm -hmm. connections and get our brain to fire and wire in new and different ways. And then those things just naturally begin to fall off. Yeah. I just, I can't say that enough. So let's, let's <laughs> yeah. transition. So talk to me about what you've been doing and what you've been creating. You've had your head buried in the sand. For, <laughs> I say 18 months. That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. What are you doing yeah. to fill this? Right. I mean, besides having these conversations and, and <clears throat> coaching people like us, but what, is, what's new and upcoming for you? What, what do you have? What do you have come to the world?
2: Well, yes. Um, my head was, was buried for a while in my book. Okay. So, yeah. um,
1: in, book. <laughs> so that in the sand, that means you're like being like you're ignoring what's oh, yeah, that's going true. on. In, well, I guess to some degree you are when you're in uh, that work. I mode kind of wait. Yeah. I, I, have, to. I have to head I down. Know. My
0: creative.
2: Life. Focus on. But, yeah. but in yeah. the hole in the sand was a book.
0: <laughs> right. yeah. There you go.
2: So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it really is, uh, what I feel is my my mission here, what I'm here to do, which is to it's basically trying to lay out a a blueprint of how the systems inside us and around us, how they all interconnect um, and why like how how it helps us become more in tune with who we really are as we get to know all the systems that are sending out frequencies and receiving frequencies and signals. And so that really what I'm describing is communication. And that's the topic of my book, which is the, the biomechanics of communication. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I I specifically picked those words because the the bio has to do with, you know, this is a life, a living system, but there's mechanical aspects to how what happens as we communicate, how we're receiving it, and, and really, tying into our entire conversation today, which is where you know there are very specific frequency uh, configurations. There are specific muscular configurations within our throat, within our face, that then create these frequencies that are perceived in in somewhat common ways, but also unique ways by other people. But the thing is, too, is that there's stuff that happens inside us and through our history with our caregivers, through our attachment with them that change our internal state, that change how we perceive things, that change the distortions and the misperceptions we have as we receive someone's signals. That is all happens in human communication. And, you know, I think a lot of the the impetus of, of the book was just how much we see communication really fail to enhance our lives where we see a lot of communicate like interactions, whether online or in person, where people are just so in their defense mechanisms, they're very self-protective. They're either too aggressive or they're not you know, not standing up enough. They're not sharing in ways that increase intimacy. Um so that's just there. We just so many of us have it's just like almost like a clamp on the throat like not saying what we really want or not just misinterpreting things in ways that then lead to very repetitive kinds of arguments and that kind of stuff. So anyway, so that's really the purpose of my book is just to help explain that um in in biomechanical ways for people so that they can kind of like, oh wow, okay. So you know you're when you're Your eyebrows are kind of raised like that can indicate something to somebody. My feeling of anger actually has to do with I've perceived something as an obstacle and I now want to eliminate it. Um, So just little things like that, where just for people to understand why they communicate the way they do why their parents may have communicated the way they did so that we can have some understanding and not take it so personally either, like are we're trying to use that. Because that's the other thing is that I think that as we understand how most humans get wired and how experiences play a role, as we understand that, it also helps us understand the people who we feel failed us yeah. or the people who we think have hurt us. And it's not to condone or, or you know, like let all that behavior off the hook, but it helps us not feel like it was so personal, yeah. not feel like yeah. oh, it's because I was a horrible child. That's why my parents talked to me that way, yeah.
0: right?
2: Mm-hmm. There's like a universality to to
0: some of that. Right. Yeah. Stephanie, what, I, what your work has given me, if I as I'm sitting here listening to you, is the ability to practice an relentless, unbelievable compassion for myself,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and
0: for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'll give you a small example. Just the other day, I had a an employee who was a longtime employee who I've poured my heart and soul into developing him, helping him, supporting him, all kinds of things. And he's still in a moment of just n- not feeling enough and, you know, in a, in a, in a state where uh, his life needed to go a different direction, you know, still treated me in a what I would consider in, a, in a, a surprisingly poor way for how much I've given, right? And so, and not to get into the story, but that's the, that's the facts of just how that conversation went down for him to move on away from our painting company. And because we still own and operate our, our residential painting company as well on the side, right? And so in that moment, like legitimately your voice pops up in my head of being like, well, he's just, you know, he doesn't feel safe and- <laughs> <laughs> and so it's my job to co regulate and, and all these things, right? and and, legit, and it, in that conversation, ten minutes later, as we're walking away, I'm telling him how much I still care about him, how I love him, and that I'm here for him, and I know you're, and I'm sorry that you feel this way, and and I left, and I truly felt that way, I truly felt yeah, like, yeah, but in that ten minute conversation, that could have been me getting pissed. And yeah. fighting this scenario and resisting it and angry and, oh, how could you? was yeah. like this immediate, how could you? I don't deserve yeah. this. To then, oh, you're the one. Okay, oh, wait, you're suffering. Uh, I'm okay. It's my job to be okay if I'm okay.
2: Like, mm-hmm. how can I
0: help you be okay?
2: Yeah.
0: Right? And it was just, it was so beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm.
0: so, beautiful. so that compassion, because of yeah. understanding of these mechanical aspects yeah. Of you, been? like to not yeah. take it personal huge not get up in the story not get caught like, up in the story of it yeah, yeah. right and it just yeah. opens up for so much more possibility when we're yes. not caught in our stories mm-hmm. yes holy and it allows
1: yes. us to serve other people in a greater way too it's like it allows you to make a greater impact with others yeah. when you can be regulated when you can yeah you know, be in a situation without allowing it to overtake you and you can hold space for another person. And, you know, like the ripple effect of that is huge. Yes.
2: And that's really, that's important to bring up too, because some people will say, well, I don't really care about being of service to other people. You know, honestly, I think there's a lot of people that see it that way. But the thing is, is that there's actually a self-serving part of being of service which is that the more of service, the more of an asset, let's say we are someone who is very psychologically safe and people feel psychologically safe with us, we now become an asset to the system. We become more safe. We are more psychologically safe because people are relying on us. And what does that mean? And not relying, it doesn't have to be in this dysfunctional way, but they're looking to us to be a source of that. What does that mean? It means that we can often get way more support because people want us to be good. They want us to be functioning well. So now, all of a sudden, you have someone offering to help you with a little thing because you know. So it's there's a really beautiful ripple effect of being of service to others. Mm -hmm. You know that it actually can serve us in really cool ways. Yeah. So yeah, I love
0: that. That actually happened with the rest of the employees who. Came to me and were like, Hey, man, we got your back. I'm sorry that had one down that way. Like, you know, I mean, it was that exact thing that you just explained is exactly the yeah. experience that, yeah. that we had. Yeah. So, what was it? One more time, biomechanical communication. Is that the
2: biomechanics of communication? The bio- and then there's a whole subtitle to it that I'm not going to even say. Just
0: that's enough. It's just too long. It's like, it's just <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, it's really long. Geek. And I, I want it, I told them, I'm like, I want it to be catchier, but it's a science textbook company actually and not to scare off readers it's it's still very readable um you know but um but they wanted you know very specific keywords for this kind of science audiences so so we're like now we're just keeping the entire subtitle which is like uh attachment regulation and systems theory
0: so who's who is this book for
2: i mean it's it's Probably a little, a little more for professionals, like more on the, the coaching and the psychology kind of side. Um, but really, it's the way I write is very readable and user friendly. So it's really anyone that wants to understand their just how how they how their thoughts kind of formulate in some ways and then how that gets expressed Um, And how important it is for us to really figure out um, how to get better at communicating, because it is that's to me where I see so many things break down. It's in the transmission and then the reception and interpretation of frequencies and signals. That's where most and we are. So we are hyper social uh, as a species. And so we can't get around communication being one of the biggest influences of our life, whether we're looking at how parents talk to kids, how people talk to each other online, how bosses and employees, you know, communicate. Um, that is how we will, but by tapping into that, by getting better at that, that's how we become, you know, like a, a super, a superpower of a species, right? Cause now we're, We're not using energy constantly to defend ourselves, to take things personally. And now you're just back in the repetitive loop that you've always been in. Now the energy actually gets to be used for what is new data. Oh, yay. Now we have a new idea. Like, I want this, you know, I think my mission is I want humans to become a very regulated and innovative species because we do have the capacity to innovate ourselves out of all the messes we've made we have that capacity we're just not using our energy in those ways we're using our energy to repeat constantly to repeat history i want us to to move out of that and i do think communication mastering that understanding it is our is the human superpower it's what will make us this incredible species that you know can innovate uh, unbelievable futures for ourselves yeah. so yeah I'm,
1: I, what i'm hearing you say is this is for any human being <laughs> if you communicate and interact with other people in the world yeah. if you've yeah. ever been triggered by another person or you've ever felt misunderstood yes it's probably for you yes wow.
2: thank you
0: <laughs> how many relationships fail or opportunities fail yeah get squandered yeah. because there is a misinterpretation of how someone spoke, what they said via text yeah. or whatever. Yes. How many fights in a marriage happen because you, you made something mean something and, yes. and it meant
1: nothing. Yeah. Well, cause one person might be going, my eyes are really important to the communication. So I'm giving you eye contact, but they're frowning. And then that's the thing that that person perceives as like the important part of that mechanical yep. output that's happening, that mechanical. Yeah. Um, so then one party's like, I don't understand. I'm giving you eye contact and I'm saying the words and the other person's going, but you're frowning at me. And that makes me feel vulnerable no. and unsafe.
0: Do you, do you, right? do you remember like, when it's I like made,
1: this whole yeah. dance that people are yep. doing?
0: Remember when I made this connection to sometimes how you, well, Heidi does this with her eyes. She's very, her eyes are very, you know, very um, expressive, Good expressive, <laughs> expressive. Yeah, <laughs> expressive in a beautiful way. But for a long time, for years, until we came across your work, her, sometimes when she's being very expressive, it triggered me. Mm. And now, and then uh, I, we, we were in this work with you and my dad had gotten irritated with something and he, his eyes were exactly the same. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there it is. Amazing. His eyes do the same thing when he's pissed. Yeah. That's when she's excited. Wow. I That's was nice. feeling... Oh unsafe every yep. time she was excited about something i'm like the hell are you <laughs> doing
1: and, and then i'm over here going well it's unsafe to be excited about things so oh can- look at that yeah yeah
0: but like I mean, what was
1: going on right yeah okay. for i sure. i
0: recognize recognized that like okay uh facial expressions tones these yeah. things matter for the, my psychological safety and then i realized why am i she's excited why am yeah. i feeling scared yeah why is this wow Right. And then yeah. so like that next weekend, I figured. And then, so then now when she's excited, I allow for myself to feel that to open up and be like excited with her. And it, I've completely rewired it. Her now her, her expressive eyes. Now, now <laughs> you bring me now bring me joy.
2: That's incredible. And look at how, you know, that's just such a great anecdote because we're kind of saying Heidi's eyes haven't necessarily changed. Like you have the same nope. shape you did before and likely the same kind of motion. But your interpretation of it—that is what transformed how that, and then the whole dynamic that happens because it probably did occur, maybe unconsciously, where Heidi was like, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't be so excited."
1: Like, or you maybe were, I got more intense. Like, do you get it? Do, are yeah, you or exactly, to, like the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> but he's over there going, "I feel really weird inside because you stop looking me at me like
0: that. Stop looking at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that?" how do you do that you shouldn't do that with your eyes <laughs> <Don't laughs> someone they shouldn't do something with their eyes like you know the wrong
1: is it's your face <laughs> it's no Problem. problem. Your face.
0: <laughs> but the reality is it's, it's our own internal awareness and being yeah. like yeah right? like, Yeah. i think that's a i forgot about that until you we were just talking uh so <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, really just, it completely has for so the other book it's coming out sometime in october this podcast is probably dropping towards the end of september sometime um and then you have another you have another offer yeah. out in the world of helping uh i'm not i'm going to mess this up but it's a neuroscience seminar of sorts that's helping yeah. teams or it's, or is it well, just individuals? I mean, is anybody like talking? yeah
2: I do have a couple teams where they like yours and and a couple others where they want a few of their team members to join this because it helps create a common vocabulary. Um, but it really is, it's just another way I I want, I do want people to, I'd love for them to even get the book so we can also reference because the book, um, every chapter has pages and pages of research studies. Almost every second sentence is cited because it's, it's really a tribute to all the scientific, rec- the legends, the real, the big guns of, of so much developmental and communication research so that everyone gets a, a little taste of recognizing, oh, that name, oh, I see that name multiple times, okay, this person, you know, and so I, I do want to also just highlight that about the book as well, is that it's really a, it's a tribute. It's almost like a reference book so that people can actually see all the different studies that have happened and, and look at them themselves. So, you know, I'd love for people to get that also as we join together. And I wanted to have just this feeling of community coming together. Um, so it's once a month, it's on a Tuesday evening. And I, I just wanted to create this, this feeling of where people like, Oh, I love talking about personal growth and on kind of these deeper, more soulful kind of levels and neuroscience and, you know, really understand the mechanics and we can come together, you know, you know, on an evening and, and learn about that. So there's a learning component to it where, you know, I'll, I'll, Uh, present some actual principles, um, but then also, you know, a little small group and reflections and interactive exercises. So just this, to me, a very mind, body, soul, nourishing kind of evening to look forward to every every month. And, you know, I I wanted a continuity to it. So I'm making it nine months long. So from October to June, so that, you know, and people can join any one of them. You don't have to attend all of them but just this place where they're like, Oh, I know, I know that on like a Tuesday evening, I can actually meet really cool people and learn something. I probably am not learning anywhere else. Cause I do think what I bring is extremely unique. So, um, yeah, so I, I that one is like a, a heart project for me. I, I feel really happy about it. I really look forward to just Having all these, I mean, I'd love for it to be in person, but I love that it can be online because I've asked people from Australia and Singapore and right. Germany and like lots of other countries all coming together, um, you know, on, on on in one group and right. feeling like they can look forward to the the next month and meet maybe the same people again a few times and make connections that way too. So
0: yeah, see well, we, so much value in it that we as a company, as a team of our coaches, will they'll be. Eight of us on those yeah. calls, yeah, uh, yeah. and we're gonna Excited. we're pack, we're purchasing all nine of them, yeah. and they're gonna be something that we're gonna be able to just have that common language, yeah. and uh, and have our coaches be exposed to you and your content, so they can be like, oh, that's where Ryan came up with that, and that's where <laughs> you know where that's where that yeah. came from. Understand yeah. it at a much deeper level. I don't have to teach yeah. them at a level. I don't know it yeah. deeper than I presented it. <laughs> as well as I yeah. know. Yeah. Right? And yeah. So, yeah. So, it's a, it's, it's my a, specialty. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Can you Thank tell
1: you. everyone the name of the series? Well, I, I mainly, so it's too
2: many words again. So, it's,
1: <laughs>
2: like I really I mean. need to figure that part out. I mean, it's, like, it's on my website and I, I have it as, because um, I wanted to capture everything that's in there. It's like online neuroscience education. Mm-hmm. And learning community.
1: Yeah.
0: There it is. Fabulous. That's what it yeah. is. That's what it is. Very Somebody just got to say what it is, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I want people to know there's an education component to it. Because I had only learning community. But I want people to know, like, it's not just people coming together, giving their opinions about whatever. Right. Like, no, there's a structured educational component to it as well. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited about that.
0: I, yeah. I'm excited to learn more from you. And thank and, you. Yeah.
2: I'm really, I, I really, I'm really happy
0: about it. It feels. And we'll, like we'll get the whole team one of your, uh, your book as well. So, yes. that's yeah. We'll, we'll do a, a large. And
1: purchase. you have a free resource online as yes. well that people should go and grab. And I want to put the link for that in the show notes. So tell us a little, just yeah. a little blurb about that, so they can know what yeah. they are there. Yeah. Um,
2: so it's it's definitely uh, a teaser for my book, but it's uh, human systems resilience. So this is book one. This is about resilience. Book two is going to be on human intelligence, like what makes humans intelligent. This is about resilience, um, and yeah, there, there's a, a few. I talk about different systems that get involved. Um, a, a big part too, which is also a teaser for my book, but it's in this, is um, the military definition of survivability, which has to do with remaining mission capable. Hmm. So about really keeping with what your function is in the world. So hmm. that's a big part of resilience. So anyway, that's in yeah. in this mini book. I am very I'm very pleased with it, um, and so they can get it as when they subscribe. Actually, I'm putting it up tomorrow, or it'll be out by the time this comes out, so August 31st. So they'll get it instantly when they subscribe. And then they also get my previous mini book, which I also really love, which is Super Regulators, which has to do uh-huh. with self-regulation and how to regulate your nervous system. So they get both of those as they... As they subscribe oh, wow. to.
1: It. That is so generous. I, that's awesome. I'm excited for people to get on and get those and yeah, uh, be able to get maybe on your newsletter and hear about when the book comes out. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want to check out that book. I want to be a part of those, that series of classes, you know, go to the link that we'll put in the bio, get those yeah. free mini books. I mean, why yeah. not? Why wouldn't you check that out? And then get on the newsletter so that you could be the first person to know, you know, you're amongst the first people to know when the book comes out, when the classes um, are opened up and all yeah. of that. So, yeah. Thank and you.
2: Another benefit of uh, subscribing to my newsletter is I'm every Tuesday, starting September 12th, I'm posting a new YouTube. And in the newsletter, I will, I'll be sending those videos out, but I'll send a little accompanying article that has some of the research cited. So that's also for
0: subscribers. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you once again. I just uh, always just love talking to you, learning from you. So we just appreciate your mentorship and just the work that you do, you know, to, to, to see the fact that somebody sees a hole and then you're, relentlessly going to fill it like that is yeah. inspiring to me mm-hmm. and i can't wait to to research more about the idea of keeping yourself working towards what was what the terminology what am said? i here to do yeah the the, yeah the the keeping yourself working towards that
1: the mission the the military the military piece. Piece, yeah. yeah oh yes. it's yeah is that me. gonna be mission in your book capable.
0: mission capable
2: yes it's very much in my book and in my mini book
0: well, I can't. Yeah. I, can't,
1: I yeah. can't wait. So we can get can't. the mini book right after this. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go online and, right
2: now. And I'd love to leave just with a, a phrase that has come out, um, come up as as we've been talking, which is that you teach what you most need to learn, and so as you teach it, uh, that's how it, you really deeply learn it.
0: I have a frozen. Understand
2: that as you do that, you um, start to learn that there's a purpose behind it, that being a certain kind of sensitive or a certain kind of expressive actually does bring meaning and help to other people. And as you teach other people that it's okay, you start to really learn that about yourself. And so that is a, a, a way I integrate my own. Childhood experiences of feeling very defective and and wrong for being a a sensitive being, for being very empathic and attuned. That I've now figured out how that actually serves a really profound purpose. And I wouldn't take it away for anything. Hmm. I wouldn't remove any of that. I integrate it like you guys have in your minds, your your integrated podcast, right? Like the word integrated is so important. So you teach what you most need to learn. And as you teach it, it's it becomes even more of a, a knowledge and a wisdom inside you.
1: Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I agree completely.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you for listening. And and we will, uh, you know, we'll be back very soon. And we'll be so, showing, seeing you on a very regular <laughs> basis with our team. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And if you enjoyed yeah. this pod, podcast, please share it. Rate, review, we appreciate, you know, just the exposure and this work that that we're doing, that Stephanie's doing is so incredibly important in the world that, that I agree with Stephanie 100% that this world can be an incredible experience for all of us, but we have to each individually learn how to be able to communicate so we can yeah. innovate that new world. So thank you, Stephanie, yeah. for the work that you do. Thank you. Appreciate you.
2: Thank you so much, guys.
0: Hey, thank you so much for your time and attention. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and a review and share it with a friend or someone who you think may benefit. And don't forget to go grab your free resource by heading over to the link in the show notes. We'll see you on the next episode.